Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Happy New Year! As disciples of Jesus Christ, there is nothing more important in our lives than reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God, the Bible. In Luke chapter 24, we find one of the greatest examples of this. Do you have a lifestyle of spending time in your Bible every day? Let's open our Bible now to Luke chapter 24 and learn the absolute necessity as disciples of Jesus Christ of reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God, the Bible. Well, good evening and welcome to another teaching. It is a Sunday evening here in Texas and uh, Happy New Year to you. It's uh, it's actually Christmas Day evening right now. It's December 25th, but this teaching won't post until early January. And so uh, Stephen and I are here on the evening of Christmas Day and uh, we're doing the, uh, the fourth part of this new discipleship series that... Uh, that my son-in-law Nathan had, uh, you know, had brought up and asked if we could do it, and uh, I'd spoken to the elders and Stephen, and uh, you know, it uh, it all seemed good to us that uh, you know that uh, that we should have this discipleship series already. So, hopefully, you had a merry Christmas. It's uh, it's been a blessed Christmas for for all of us at Kingdom Discipleship, and uh, you know, we we were just blessed. Stephen was just praying on how uh, on how blessed and privileged we are that we get that we get to do what we do here. And so uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Merry Christmas. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We, we thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for our Bible. And Father, we thank you for Christmas, Father, because we thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming into this world, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for coming and redeeming a world that you created, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for creating this world. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into this world and redeeming us and saving us when as humanity, Lord, we, we made this world go bad into sin. Lord, we thank you for living a, a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. We thank you that you're alive and risen today, and we worship you, and we celebrate you today, Lord. On, on Christmas Day, Lord, we just thank you, and we praise you, Lord, and we worship you, Jesus. Mm. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. As always, we ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. All right. So... We are in, uh, we're in the fourth teaching of, uh, of a disciple of Jesus Christ is the name of the series. Um, as of right now, we're planning on around 10 teachings. We have three in the book so far. This is the fourth teaching. Uh, today's teaching is reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God, the Bible. It's part two of the teaching. Um, and today we're going to go through Luke uh, chapter 24 verses 13 to 35 and it's really gonna it's really gonna hammer home what we talked about last time that as a disciple of Jesus Christ it is essential that we spend more and more time reading studying and obeying the Word of God our Bible on that note 
I was I was moved to tears yesterday when we had uh, we had Christmas yesterday with uh, with our children, May and I did, and uh, and and I had asked for a specific Bible. Um, when I first got saved around 25 years ago, I taught out of a uh, I studied and I read an NIV 1984 edition Bible, and that's the Bible that I've always used now for the last 25 years. Um, as my, you know, as my reading Bible and as my, as my teaching Bible. And I really, really like the style of it. It's a, it's a solid Bible. Uh, again, the 1984 edition, meaning there are several editions after that. Um, but man, I'm just, I'm really blessed by this edition. Um, if you can ever get your hands on one, if you go to the front um, of the Bible, it'll, it'll explain to you in detail uh, the incredible, uh, you know, effort that came together with, with over a hundred scholars from you know all different denominations coming together, um, you know to 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 really give us this Bible. So it is an extremely sound Bible, um, you know, for reading, studying, and teaching the Word of God. And so, uh, but you know, they're out of print now. Um, you can get the later versions. Okay, you can get the the updated versions. Um, but again, I just I really like the the version that came out in 1984. Um, and you know, they found it for me. My children found one, I guess on Etsy and, uh, and they ordered it for me. And, uh, and so it was given to me at Christmas. So I have my new Bible here and, uh, man, I'm just blessed. It's got the, the giant print that I like. Um, and so thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, uh, Kristen, Lauren and Nathan. Okay. All right. So Okay, so as a disciple of Jesus Christ, again, it is essential we spend time reading our Bible, studying our Bible, and above all, obeying our Bible, right? And repenting when we fall short. And in part one, we went through, you know, near 30 scriptures that, that really showed us uh, that, that, that there is really nothing more important. There is nothing more important if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ than spending time in our Bible. And so now here in Luke 24, um, as the second part of, uh, of this teaching, we're, you know, we're going to see an account here of Jesus appearing to two of his disciples after his resurrection. And, and this account is, is really going to hammer home what we talked about in the last teaching. So Luke 24, starting in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he said. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, 
It is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Wow. Okay, now this is, uh, you know, again, this account is, is really going to hammer home. So, you know, we really want to watch this. And again, so when we read our Bible, right, you remember Romans 15, 4, um, we discussed it last time, says that everything that was written in the past, your whole Bible was written in the past, right? Um, we talked about how it was written, right, Scott, over a period of around 3,500 years. Um and the New Testament around 2,000 years ago. And then the Old Testament was written over a period of around 1,500 years before that. So in total, it's around 3,500 years for the 66 books of the Bible. Okay. Um, but Romans 15.4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us or to instruct us. Right. Um, you know, so that you know, by the encouragement of the scriptures, we, we would have hope. But, you know, so when we read the word of God, and here's an example, when we read this account of Jesus and these two disciples, you know, it's not just here to be an entertaining story. It's not just here to, you know, that we read it like we do our, you know, our Instagram or Facebook or social media or like we read the internet. Okay. So when you read it, it's here to instruct you, right, Peyton? It's here to teach us something, right? Not just to be a cool story, okay? So verse 13, okay? Now that same day, two of them, two disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, okay? So this is going to be around a seven-mile walk, right? At, uh, you know, what is it, 20 minutes a mile? What is it, about two hours, two and a half hours, two hour and 20 minute walk, right? They were talking with each other, verse 14, about everything that had happened. Obviously, they're talking about all that had happened to Jesus. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Verse 16, but they were kept 
from recognizing him. Now, this is a this is an important point, Nathan. Okay, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, we want to ask ourselves, why would Jesus do this? Okay, why would Jesus intentionally keep them from recognizing him? Now, it's not that he necessarily had changed his appearance. Um, perhaps you know he was dressed in a way, or you know he did something. But keep in mind, there would have been almost you know, no concept of seeing him. Imagine if, if you or I, you know, you know, one of our loved ones that we've lost and have, have gone on to be with Jesus and they've passed away. And all of a sudden we were walking and, you know, they came up to us on the road. Our mind probably would not think and recognize, right, Pop, that it's them. There's really no mental connection, right? That person has died. We're not going to see them again. So, again, there's a possibility maybe he changed his appearance a little bit. Maybe in his resurrected form, he did look a little bit different. Um, um, but at, at the same time, again, there's there's nothing in their minds. You know, they're consumed with grief. And there's, there's really no... Uh, you know, there's no concept, right, of, of of a resurrected Christ. They had been told the stories, but still, you know, just just the idea of seeing someone that that died three days ago, um, you know, it's not something that our minds would easily grasp, right? So, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus Himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing Him. So. Again, they're on the road, right, uh, to a village called, Emma, called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And, and you see, Kristen, right, Jesus comes strolling up beside them. In verse 17, it says, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, presumably, you know, you know, maybe he was walking with them for a few minutes. Maybe he was walking with them for five, 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, he could already, you know, overhear what they were saying. Um, because look at, uh, look at what Cleopas says to him. Okay. Verse 17, they stood still their faces downcast. Okay. So obviously they're sad. They're grieved, right? Becky, they're just, uh, you know, they're downcast. They're beat, right? Jesus is dead. You know, we had hoped he was going to be the redeemer of Israel. You know, they were hoping that he was going to, you know, that he was going to, you know, that Jesus was going to restore you know, uh, Israel to her former glory. They wanted a, uh, a Messiah, a savior, you know, that would be a physical deliverer. They wanted like a King David or an Alexander the Great that would deliver them out from under the oppression of Rome, right? They still didn't understand uh, the need of a, a suffering servant, so to speak. They, they wanted a conquering king, right? Um, and so it says they stood still, their faces downcast. Now, remember, this is the resurrected Christ here, right, Lauren? So there, there can be no question Jesus's face is not downcast, okay? Jesus is undoubtedly not beat. Jesus is certainly, his countenance would be one of joy and peace and, 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 just, and just glory. And so imagine, you know, these, these guys walked with Jesus Three and a half years, right? They're utterly crushed. And remember, they don't know this is Jesus. So this dude comes walking up alongside of you, right, Alicia? And, uh, you know, he's walking walking with you for a while. He can kind of hear what you're saying. And then all of a sudden, with, with, with glee in his face, 
right? Again, this is the resurrected Christ, so clearly he's not downcast, right? These guys are beat down, right, Ed? Sad, frustrated, disappointed, crushed. And all of a sudden, this guy that's walking with them, you know, finally, you know, speaks up and says, he asks them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? So, you know, I, you know, I might be a little off with that, right? You know, uh, you know, and so it says they stood still, their faces downcast. Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? Like, you know, uh, you know, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, I'm, we're kind of having a bad few days here. OK, um, you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm having a rough time and, you know, you look like like you're the happiest man there's ever been. You look like a man who's just conquered death or something because that's what Jesus had just done, right? But now again, remember, he doesn't know it's Jesus. And we're gonna ask that important question. Why again does Jesus keep them from recognizing him? Why doesn't he just walk up and say, it's me, y'all? I mean, would that not have been incredible? I mean, why go through this whole thing? Reading, studying, obeying the word of God, your Bible. That's going to be the answer here, right, Wendy? All right. Whew. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? Have you been under a rock, bruh? I mean, seriously, okay? I mean, their faces, just so again, he's a little off put, right? It's kind of an odd question to ask a stranger. And in verse 19, what things, he asked. So Jesus says, you know, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Verse 20, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. He's dead. 21, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. So Jesus is listening to all this, right? They're, they're, they're sad, they're beat, they're defeated, they're down, broke, busted, disgusted. They're, they're just, <laughs> I heard a preacher say that years ago, broke, busted, and disgusted. Um, they're just, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, they're crushed, right? Right, Chris? But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. So Jesus is listening, right? Hmm. 22, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Apparently they didn't believe the women, right? Verse 24, then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So man, Cleopas lets it all out. Jesus said, what things? Cleopas gives him an example, you know, gives him all the, you know, gives him the breakdown of what had happened. Now you'd have thought, right? If you or I were walking with these two guys, we would have been like, man, I'm, man, that's, that's rough, right? Father Rick, we would have been like, golly, that's, that's tough. Seems like you had a Seems like you've had a rough three days there. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We would have shown some kind of, uh, you know, sympathy, some kind of empathy. We would have, uh, you know, we would have gone out of our way to be what we believed 
to be encouraging, okay? I wonder if that's what Jesus does here. Is that what Jesus is going to do, Esther? Is this what Jesus is going to do, Ian, right? Is this what Jesus is going to do, Jason? Okay. So, again, they lay it all out. Their face is downcast. Jesus can see their beat. Again, we want to ask ourselves, why doesn't he right now to say, fellas, it's me? <laughs> right? No. This is a seven-mile walk. He, he does it. He allows them to stay in this state of grief and sadness and despair, really. And, and all of us can recognize this. You know, anyone listening to this has probably recognized that there are times where Jesus has allowed you and certainly allowed me to stay in a state of grief, right, Pop? In, a, in, a, in, a, in just a place of despair and a place of frustration and a place of sadness. He doesn't seem to lift it right away. So again, are y'all following us? Remember, everything that was written in the past is written to teach us. So we're digging into the word of God here, right, Nathan? We're digging into it so we can get to the point. Now, remember, I've already told you, you know what this is about. This whole thing is going to, the, the, the theme of this whole thing is going to be, are you reading, studying, and obeying the word of God? your Bible. How much time are you spending in your Bible? Okay. So Jesus hears the whole story. You see it. You see it, right, Chloe? He listens to the, the whole sad story that Cleopas just laid out. And does Jesus go on to say, I'm sorry, fellas. Man, seems like a, seems like a hard three days. Verse 25. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Hmm. No, he does not say, I'm sorry it's been a rough three days, fellas. He doesn't say, golly, guys, let me give you a hug. You know, seems like it's been a tough time. He doesn't show any empathy. He does not only, he doesn't show any sympathy. He gives them an outright rebuke rap, right? He listens to the whole story. Remember, they don't know it's Jesus. You know, he listens to the whole thing and here are the first words out of his mouth. How foolish you are. Looks at him and says, couple of fools right here. You know, I, you know if I was Cleopas, if I was one of these two guys, you know, I'd have been like, you know, this guy right here got some game. You know, I just, this is a special kind of man. Because remember, they don't know it's Jesus. Imagine you're standing there. You just poured your heart out to this guy. You don't know who it is. He just walks up on you, starts joining you, listening to you, asking questions. You tell him the whole story. And the first thing the man says is, y'all a couple of fools. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. I didn't get your name. Um, did, did I just tell you that I've had the worst, me and my man here have had the worst three days of our lives that we could ever imagine? I just told you everything that happened in the first words out of your mouth are how foolish you are. <laughs> Jesus don't play, Nathan. How foolish you are. Why, Father Rick, does he call them fools? He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
What does that mean? How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that it says in your Bible. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Didn't it say that in your Bible? Made it, it's clear in the Old Testament throughout the scriptures, okay? Uh, Isaiah goes through the horrible suffering of Christ and they had their Bible. Verse 27, and beginning with Moses, by the way, that's the first five books of the Bible, beginning with Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and all the prophets, that's the rest of the 30, that's the, the, the other 34 books of the Old Testament. So the first five books in Moses, then the prophets, all the rest of the Bible. The whole Old Testament, which was the whole Bible at the time, okay? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning themselves, concerning himself. Mm. My, 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 my. How foolish you are and slow to believe what's written in your Bible. What he said is, fellas, listen, if you had spent more time in your Bible, if you had spent more time reading your Bible, if you had spent more time studying your Bible, if you had spent more time obeying your Bible, then you wouldn't be in this place, okay? That's why you're foolish, okay? How foolish you are and, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. It was right there in your Bible, fellas. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Didn't your Bible say this? He rebukes them, right? How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Remember last time we said Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more time you spend in your Bible, the more time you spend reading and studying and obeying your Bible, repenting where we make mistakes, which we all do, right? I have to take a vacation day to tell you the things I need to do better. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you spend time in the scriptures, it's building your faith. It's refining your faith. It's purifying your faith, right? In, in your heart, the more time you spend in the Bible, the, the more you will, the less you will be slow of heart to believe all that it says in the word of God. He doesn't comfort them. He rebukes them and lets them know, you know, you've had that Bible your whole life. They had the whole Testament their whole life. They had the 39 books of the word of God. And if you just spent more time in your Bible, you wouldn't be all upset like this. You wouldn't be down. You wouldn't have had a bad three days because your Bible told you. Verse 26, did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? If you'd spend more time reading, studying, and obeying your Bible, you wouldn't be downcast. You wouldn't be sad. You'd be rejoicing. You'd believe what the women told you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Now, again, ask yourself, why does he take this route instead of just saying, fellas, it's me. Rejoice. Mm. No, 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 no. We're going to get into why that is, right? Why doesn't 
He simply reveal himself. But you're going to have to wait to the end to get that answer. And the answer is going to be obvious, okay? Mm, if you haven't seen it already. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and enter his glory? Is that not what it said in the Bible? And look at this. Does he, does he then go on to give them something new? Does he say, well, let me give you a little secret. Well, I'm going to give you something. My, my, my. What's it say here? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Don't have nothing new for him. Didn't give him anything new. All he did was go back to the Bible that they did have. All he did, and beginning with Moses, they were raised on Moses. They had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy their whole life. And all the prophets, the rest of the 34 books of the Old Testament, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Don't got nothing new for you. I'm just going to take you back to the beginning. And so now he goes and begins right with Genesis and goes all the way through the Old Testament and explains to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So no, he doesn't reveal himself, but what he does do is break out that Bible and, and goes through all the scriptures concerning himself. Last time we went through all the scriptures. So all they hear now is Jesus, right? Jesus could have just said, it's me. No, 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 no. He goes through all the scriptures concerning himself from Moses and then all the prophets. So all as they're hearing is they walk these seven miles. Now this, these two and a half hours is, you know, there could have been three because they, they might've been walking slow. Now, all they hear is this guy. They don't even know it's Jesus. But they, they're, they're listening to a man that knows his Bible now. They, they just took a rebuke from a man that just told them they were fools because they weren't spending enough time in the Bible. They weren't giving themselves to the Bible because if they had given themselves to the Bible, they wouldn't be in this position. How many times have I had to go through grief or, or, or gone through grief and difficulty and despair and sadness and all these different kind of difficulties, Chris, because I just wouldn't spend enough time in my Bible because I wouldn't give myself to the word of God. Now we have a whole New Testament. We don't only have the 39 books of the Old Testament, Scott. We got the 27 books of the New Testament. My, my, my. Doesn't give him anything new. Doesn't tell him who it is. But what he does is for the next two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, he goes through all the scriptures and, and, and reads them and explains to them. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning themselves. So imagine for two, two and a half, three hours, all Jesus is doing is teaching them the word of God, teaching them the word of God, washing them in the water of the word of God. Scripture, 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 scripture. Wow. Again. Why did he choose this route of going through all the scriptures of what it said in their Bible, the Bible they had their whole life, the Bible you and I have, by the way, the Old Testament we have, the same thing they had. My, my, my. Mm. Mm. Look what happens now. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. So Jesus is like, all right, y'all, 
Hope you enjoyed that. I'm out. But what's amazing is it remember in the beginning, you know, Cleopas is a little bit off put. Are you are you a stranger here? You've been under a rock, brah. Do you not know the things that have happened? Something's changed now. Something has changed in this two and a half hour walk. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. Verse 29, but they urged him strongly. But they urged him strongly. Okay, something's different now. Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So all of a sudden now, again, they don't know it's Jesus, but this man has just taught them the word of God for two and a half hours. They don't want him to go nowhere, right? In the beginning, you know, listen, bro, where you been? You've been under a rock? You a stranger here? You don't know the things that have happened? Now, all of a sudden, they urged him strongly. By the way, as a side note, there's nothing more we can do than to strongly urge Jesus, okay? Um, you know, the next teaching is going to be on baptism, and after that, we're going to be moving into some prayer and thanksgiving and uh, and praise and worship and, and repentance teachings on, you know, on, on, on what a disciple does in these areas. And in prayer, there's nothing more than we can do than what they did here, but they urged him strongly. Do you have a prayer life where you're, where you're, where you're praying and urging Jesus strongly, right? in your prayers and in your intercession. My, my, my. But they urged him strongly. What had happened? They don't know it's Jesus, but they do know that this guy had just taught him the word of God for two and a half, three hours. After hearing the word of God open for two and a half, three hours, they want him to stay. Don't know it's Jesus, but I want this guy with us, okay? These are the kind of people you want to have in your life, okay? You want to have the kind of people in your life that all they're talking to you about is the word of God. You want to urge those kind of people to be around you, okay? People that have time in the word of God, people that open the word of God to you, people that are teaching the scriptures, okay? You know, I'm not just talking about a church. Of course, you know, we hear that at church, but you ought to have brothers and sisters in Christ in your life that, that, that are consistently just pointing you to the scriptures. He don't give them anything new, okay? We don't need any advice, any more advice from men or women. We, we need the word of God. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. They figured they'd have him bless the food, right? Verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Boom, gone, disappeared. Just blinked away, mate. There he is. He was standing before him, disappeared from their sight. Look at verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Why didn't Jesus just say, it's me? Why? Jesus did not want their faith to be in, in his physical appearing. He did not want their faith to be in grounded in what they saw with their natural eyes. Now think about that. That, that. That's what we want, right? 
Apparently, Jesus believed that it was more important that their faith be in the word of God. Do you see that? Jesus established their faith in the scriptures. And, you know, he's going to be gone in 40 days, but they're still going to have this Bible. And you and I still have this Bible. Sure would have been nice, right? We, we, we would have liked to see Jesus with our natural eyes. But apparently what's more important than seeing Jesus with your natural eyes is believing in Jesus because you it says it in my Bible. Do you see that? Again, he could have just walked up at any time, said it's me. But instead, he intentionally keeps them from recognizing him so that he can go verse by verse by verse through the scriptures. So it's the word of God that burned in their heart. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, if I'm going to be a disciple, if we're going to grow as disciples, we need to have time reading, studying, and obeying the word of God. And if we will, the scriptures will begin to burn in our hearts. And Jesus will do the same in our hearts as he's done for these disciples. But again, most of us, myself, how many times could it be said of me, how foolish you are, John, and how slow of heart to believe everything that it says in your Bible. We've had this Bible, right? As disciples of Jesus, we've had this Bible, but, but we spend time doing, you know, just so many things. And yet how much little time do we give reading studying and obeying the word of God. How much time do we give to our Bible? If they had given more time to their Bible, they wouldn't have been in that situation. They would have known what the scriptures had said. They would have believed it because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, the more time, the more you're washed in the water of the word of God, right? The more time you spend in your Bible, reading, studying, obeying it, listening to good, sound Bible teaching, right? They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And Jesus will open the scriptures to you if you will diligently spend time as in your Bible. And that's the only way to be a disciple, right? We cannot be an effective disciple of Jesus Christ if we won't give ourselves to the word of God. Wow. Are you seeing it? You see what I mean when I say that everything that's written in the past is written to teach us? Do you see the lesson here? Right? Again, uh, you know, they in the beginning, they would have just liked if Jesus said, it's me. But for seven miles, they went on a walk with Jesus. They had no idea it was Jesus. And all he did was go back to that Bible they already had and open the scriptures to them and explain the scriptures, beginning with the first book, going all the way to the 39th book. He just showed them in the living word of God. Moses, the first five books, the prophets, the rest. That same Bible you and I have today. And the Lord will, will burn in our hearts if we'll give ourselves to the word of God. And I'll say again, why does Jesus do this? He doesn't want the, the, the foundation of their faith to be in seeing him physically. He wants the foundation of their faith to be in the fact of what it says in the word of God concerning him. Do you see that? Verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Wow. 33, 
They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They had just rolled seven miles. They said it was already dark. Apparently, they don't care. They went back to Jerusalem, apparently at a, a little better pace, excited, overwhelmed, right? They found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Well, mm, there it is. There it is, Nathan, right? If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you want to go, if you want to grow from being a Christian, someone who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, someone who's trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of their soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and, you know, going to heaven when you die. That's a Christian. Now, remember, you cannot be a disciple before you're first a Christian. You know, the word of God, okay, will not help you if you have not received Christ. You notice it's Jesus who opened the scriptures. It's Jesus who burned the scriptures in their hearts. Remember in John, when Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know, you search the scriptures diligently because you think by them you have eternal life but these are the scriptures that testify about me and yet you refuse to come to come to me to receive life. So again, it begins with receiving Jesus, right? John 1:12. Yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So once you've genuinely received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you could say today confidently, yes, I know that I'm a, a hopeless, helpless, desperate sinner and that without Jesus only hell awaits. But yes, I have placed my full faith, confidence and trust in Jesus alone. I'm clinging to Jesus alone for the forgiveness of my sins and the salvation of my soul and to go to heaven when I die. You're a Christian, but Jesus didn't say to go and make Christians, right? He didn't say go and make churches. Remember, all disciples are Christians, but, but very few Christians comparatively ever become genuine disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to have a lifestyle beginning today of reading your Bible, simply reading your Bible. Begin studying your Bible, okay, with a heart to obey what you read and of course, when the scripture shows you where, you're, where, you're, where your belief is out of place, you repent and you adapt your beliefs to what the Bible says, okay? And where your, your words and your actions are out of place, we repent, it's sin. And we begin to more and more live in line to what the Bible says, right? You spend time listening to teachings like these. Have some, have some brothers and sisters in Christ that have a, a passion for the Bible around you, okay? If you're in a church, your leaders ought to be giving you their time, okay? Your pastors ought to be giving you their time. We live in a church culture where most people never have any time with their pastor at all. If you're a serious disciple of Jesus Christ, then, then your leaders ought to know who you are and they ought to give you their time. Okay, you ought to be able to get an appointment with your pastor, even if you have a, a, a huge church, if you have a 10,000 member church, you ought to be able to get an appointment with your pastor, okay, and sit down with him because he's your pastor, right? And obviously, there's a lot of pastors on staff, but again, um, you, you know, 
If you're a serious disciple of Jesus Christ, you want to be in a good, solid, Bible-based church that's teaching the Word of God, that's stressing the importance of being a disciple. And again, your leaders ought to be pouring into you. And the smallest part of that is what happens on Sunday. Okay, Discipleship doesn't happen in a pulpit. So again, you want to be a disciple of Jesus, right? You remember Matthew 28, right? 18 to 20, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and heaven and earth is given to me. Jesus said, I'm the boss of everything. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I am with you to the end of the age. Teaching them to obey. Disciples. He didn't say, again, go and make Christians, although we have to be a Christian before we can be a disciple. But he he doesn't want Christians. He wants disciples. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus, someone who's an apprentice of Jesus, someone who's trying to model every aspect of their life to be like Jesus. He didn't say go and make churches, but going to church is a good thing, right? Being part of a good church is a good thing. Being in community, it's an essential thing in our lives, right? He said to go and make disciples, but we can't make disciples until first we are a disciple, a growing disciple. A disciple cannot cannot grow to be like Jesus until you have a lifestyle of firmly giving yourself to the living word of God, spending time every day in your Bible, spending time reading your Bible, studying your Bible, meditating on your Bible, Again, above all, obeying your Bible. And again, so we do that. Obviously, you spend time in your Bible by listening to good, sound Bible-based teachings like this, right? Um, and so, you know, again, here are the uh, here's the beginning of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, is that you're going to determine to give yourself more and more time reading, studying, obeying the Word of God your Bible. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, just to know that that what you have for us in these scriptures, Lord, what, you know, how these scriptures feed our soul, Lord Jesus. You said that we don't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the living word of God. We thank you for our Bible. Holy Spirit, we ask you to uh, consistently and just give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear him, hearts to understand him. I ask you to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we may know your word, Holy Spirit. Father, we do ask you to give us a desire for the word of God, Father. Father, help us to be disciplined and spend time in your word, whether we feel like it or or we don't. But Father, we would like a desire, a greater desire for your word, a greater desire for Jesus. And Father, we know that Jesus is the word of God, for in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Lord Jesus, you are the living word of God, and we love you, and we worship you, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.